and welcome to the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad. I am Pat Jellick along with my cohort in crime, Ryan Brandt. And we are bringing you a season wrap-up of the University of Toledo football. And Ryan, tell us a little bit about what we're going to touch on tonight. Well, we, you know, it was a disappointing season for the most part. Although, it is nice to be going back to a bowl game after a three-year hiatus. Ironically, we're going back to the place we were three years ago. And that's Bahamas. And any of these players on this team are not disappointed in that whatsoever. Absolutely. It's a great bowl game for them. Uh, I think the fact that they're able to spend some time in, in Nassau and uh, you know enjoy the beach and, and everything else instead of being stuck in Boise, Idaho or somewhere else in, uh, in Alabama or even, you know, Destin, Florida or something like that wouldn't be bad. But right. I think this is a great, a great opportunity for them. And of course, there's a lot of fifth year and sixth year seniors on the team. And, seventh. <laughs> and a seventh year senior on the team. So they'll have good memories of, of the game they had three years ago. So this will be a nice return for them. So yeah, that's what we found out on Sunday. Rockets coming off a seven and uh, five season overall, five and three in Mid-American Conference play. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go over the, the season and, and let us, you know, just give, give you our ideas on what went wrong and what went right. We also will let you know about the Mid-American Conference All-MAC teams that uh, were announced today. Uh, 11 Rockets named to those teams, first, second, and third. And we'll also uh, give you our first ever awards on the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad podcast. And I know you're going to want to stick around for that. So without further ado, let's let's look at that regular season and uh, the high points, low points, and then we'll get into our uh, we'll get into our awards and then wrap it up with the all Mac team. Right. So the the Rockets started off pretty well uh, at the beginning of the season with Norfolk State. Uh, they they won that one forty nine to twenty, and signs were pointing upward for the team uh, heading into Notre Dame. Uh, the only question that that was that was in my mind early uh, with the uh, coaching decision to go with two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I think that kind of hurt them with continuity and it hurt them with uh, consistency. You had Carter Bradley, who's a drop back rocket, you know, rocket arm passer, uh, kind of wild, and also on a, on a separate note, this week Carter Bradley entered the transfer portal, so he will not be with the Rockets next year. Uh, had a very nice tweet that he put out and said that, uh, you know, he, he sees the future in Daquan Finn. He, he's not going to have a chance. So he's going to take his talents elsewhere. So I think, you know, seeing the comparison between he, he and Finn early on, they were just going back and forth. And I think that hurt him a little bit in some of the games. It didn't hurt them really in Notre Dame as much. Uh, I think, there was a defensive breakdown at that game at the end, and that cost them in that game. But, you know, games after that, Colorado State uh, at at Northern Illinois, I think the, the, the two-quarterback system did not fare well for the Rockets. Yes, and finally, when they made the change was, was Central Michigan. And Rockets rallied big time in that game, only to lose in overtime. Your final score in that, 26-23. Um, yeah, the Rockets were down 17-3 at halftime, and uh, at one point in the second half, heck, they were down 20-3. Came back tied at 23, thanks to Daquan Finn, who throughout the game you could see him starting to see the field better. He started to f- figure out what was going on. And even though the next game was against uh, Western, 
he um, didn't have a good game, but the Rockets still came out on top. And then they had that clunker. I mean, they, I don't know what happened to the uh, the defense. The defense has been our solid point all season long. Gave up 52 points to Eastern Michigan on a heartbreaking loss, 52 to 49. But then ever since then, Finn has really gotten the ball going, rolling in the right direction, and the, the Rockets have reeled off now uh, three straight going into the bowl game. Let's go back to that Central Michigan game. I think I think that was a turning point in the season for not only uh, Dequan Finn but for Coach Candle. I think he knew at that point where where his bread was going to be buttered with Dequan Finn, and like you said, his eyes started to open up. He saw the field better. They rallied back, and they lost a heartbreaker. Uh, I I think that was that was the opportunity for us to see Dequan Finn mature as a, as a player. Mm-hmm. And, and, from, and like you said, from there on out, he started to roll. Uh, and we get him for we get him for four, three more years. So that that's going to be an opportunity for him to grow even more. Now that he doesn't have the Carter Bradley thing hanging behind him, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. I think he's going to be. Hopefully, he can become a really nice team leader and and start to own this team. Yes, in fact, uh, Keith Dunbar. Uh, a friend of the show, but uh, yet to be on here. Yet to be a guest. Yes, yeah, I mean that. You know, if we keep teasing the fact we're going to have the old number forty-five on here, that's just going to pe- keep people listening to the show, wondering when is Keith Dunbar, the pride of Delta, going to be on. But anyway, uh, where was I going with that? We were talking about Taquan Finn and some something Keith Dunbar had to say about Taquan Finn growing into the program. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> crap. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Alzheimer's is a, is a tragic thing. It folks. is. It's not a whole lot of fun, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking at his stats, I mean, the the game against Western Michigan, he was only 8 of 24, and but he threw two touchdown passes. He, he rushed for another 27 yards, and, and that was his worst percentage game of the entire year. Still finishes at 59% completion for the year, which, which goes to show you how solid he was throughout the rest of the year. Right, the the tail end of the season was was the key for him. And, and it also, I think, at that point during Western Michigan – uh, the coaching staff made some changes on the offensive line, uh, brought in some younger players, uh, seeing earlier in the season that our offensive line had some massive holes, even though was, there were so many returners, they were just not getting the job done as a group. So they made, the coaching staff made some substitutions, brought in some younger players, and they seemed to do a great job cutting down on the sacks and the quarterback hurries. So that enabled... Uh, Daquan to have a little bit more time in the pocket to see the field. And then also, I think it was after the, it might have been the Western game where Brian Kobach started started to build up his rushing uh, stats again and started to be able to, to break free for a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Once that offensive line was shored up, it it really made a change until they hit the Eastern. <laughs> right. Well, at least, and they, and they still put up 49 points. Right. You know? So the offense came around, but our defense just... It was one of those games. Missed, you just, just dropped the ball. You know, it was one of those games. Everybody has a clunker. Unfortunately, they, you know, it happened the week that the offense decided to wake up. Right. I mean, you take you take a look at the losses this year. The biggest loss was the Colorado State, 22-6. to six, So they lost by 16 there. But all the other games... We're, were within seven uh, points, oh I believe. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, it looked, they lost by three to Notre Dame. They lost by two to Northern Illinois, by three to Central Michigan, and by three to Eastern Michigan. Right there. So everything was less than four points. Yeah. So, I mean, they were right there and on the precipice 
of a 11-1 season like I would predicted at the beginning of the year this summer because we did have 21 out of 22 starters coming back. And they were a field goal away in every game from, from nodding it up, and that takes us to uh, Thomas Clucky. He did not have a great year. I think he was started a, off well. Started off really well. But in I fact, the be- way he boomed those kicks out of the end zone at Notre Dame, I was like, this kid's good. But Yeah, he's going to have a heck of a season. But he ended up 13-21 in the season. Not saying those games, those losses are on his shoulders at all, but no, you know, a rough season like that also contributes to it. And there's probably nobody more disappointed than Thomas Cluck. Right, exactly. And from what I understand, he's a great kid. Yeah, Dun- a Dunbar protege from Oregon Clay. So there you are. <laughs> you know, Keith Dunbar. Maybe if you anybody has his number, reach out to him and let him know. Jesus, he's be on the that's show. two Keith Dunbar shoutouts, and already in the first ten minutes of our podcast. Yeah, I don't know what. Uh, uh, yeah, apparently, Keith, he is trying to say something to you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's basically you know, and of course you know we last... finished the season strong, right? With with a big win uh, last Saturday against. Uh, a far inferior uh, Akron team who just, you know, they've had all kinds of trouble losing their coach this year. Yeah. They've had a lot of injuries, and UT took advantage of it. They ended up, you know, winning that game in blowout fashion, and it was just a shame for the seniors that there wasn't enough enough people, or there weren't more people there in the stands to see, you know, their senior day and, and see them go out on a big win at home. Uh, the game, as most most of you know, was scheduled right at the exact same time as Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, another great decision on the Mid American Conference or, or or on University of Toledo Athletic Office, or ESPN, whoever, whoever made whoever the made the decision. I think it was a, it was a there was a chance for UT to opt out of that and move to three thirty, and they failed to do that, and that's disappointing. But nonetheless, they finished the season strong, one three at the end. So. Three in a row, four, you know, four of their last five, you know, after an up and down season, you know, that's what you want to do, finish strong. And uh, for the guys who are coming back next year, hopefully there'll be some good momentum. Yeah, something to build on for sure. Exactly. So today, you know, I'm going to switch this around. I lied. We're going to, before you we get to our... freaking liar. Our, <laughs> before we get to our, I resemble that, our <laughs> first first ever awards. I want to say first annual, but it can't be the first annual. It has to be the second annual next year. Right. First ever. Right. First awards. ever. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about the... The yeah. Midnight Blue and Gold Awards. That's exactly. Or we're going to go with the uh, All-Mac team first. Exactly. And that was announced today around noon. And the Rockets, well-represented, just goes to show you what kind of talent they have on this team. And 11 different players were names of the first three teams. Um, five on the first team, three on the second, three on the third. And, Pat, uh, do you want to uh, – we'll split this up a little bit here so I'm not rambling on and just – you know, everybody's not – You're not Led Zeppelin. You cannot ramble That's on. That's right. <laughs> These are falling all around. Okay, so we're going to break it down by first, second, third team. The first team uh, consists of Bryce Harris, the seventh-year senior at center. Uh, I believe he was all-team, all-first team last year as mm-hmm. well. And, of course, he came back from that terrible injury on the first day of practice right? from back in uh, 2019. So, yeah. It's been a long road for him, and it's, it's great to see that he is a re- rewarded with this honor and – 
I tell you what, he was the only consistent shining spot on that offensive line all year long. Mm-hmm. From spring, even in th- you know through like this past Saturday, he was the consistent force that, that performed really well every game. Right. And then, of course, he was blocking for our next player on the first team, um, Bryant Kobach, the junior running back out of Springfield High School who leads – or he leads the Mac in almost every rushing category. He also is in the top ten or eleven in four different categories in the in the nation in rushing, uh, rushing yards, rush or rushing yards per game, uh, yards per carry, touchdowns. and touchdowns. He he's in the top eleven of all, right, and uh, in the top four of all time in in Toledo history. So I mean. What a what a great career he's had, and a great young man. And his parents, uh, Scott and Sherry, they tailgate next to us, and uh, yeah, we just uh, have a good time. And uh, you can just tell that's a good family he comes from. And- yeah, he comes from good stock. His sister's a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. They 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 have a great uh, great family dynamic. And the, you know, I, Brian has one year remaining of eligibility, and. According to sources, it remains to be seen if he will be back for next year. So hopefully we can get him back. If not, we wish him nothing but the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third guy on our list is also very familiar to anybody that's a, a blue and gold fan, Jamal Hines. Uh, Jamal is a junior defensive lineman who has just really torn up the Mac this year. Actually, torn up everybody this year. He has... It's 14 and a half tackles for for losses for 61 yards. Uh, he has 10 sacks for 52 yards. He has eight pass breakups as a defensive lineman. I'm sure there was a lot of tips in there. He has two quarterback hurries. Uh, this guy was just a monster out on the field, and we knew this back when he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. He started as a freshman. He performed really well as a freshman and a sophomore. I believe it was after or during the sophomore year or maybe his junior that he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and had to sit out the whole season, but this guy has just improved immensely every year at, at defensive line or defensive end. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he's really improved his draft stock. Uh, I, I believe he'll be a top four round pick in, in the NFL. He's a monster and he'll, he'll follow in the lines of of Trayvon Hester and, uh, Ola Daney, Ola Daney, uh, you know former defensive ends that have gone on to to perform in the NFL pretty well. And the next guy on our list on the first team of the All Mac players is Tyson Anderson, the senior defensive back out of St. John's High School right here in Toledo. And Ryan, talk a little bit about Tyson and what he's done this year. Yeah, he um, was a guy that you know three time captain on the team. So it goes to show you what his teammates think of him and how how great of a great of a guy he is. And um, he was hurt for the beginning of the year, and that uh, we're thinking, man, that defensive secondary is really going to be struggling without a guy like that back there. But you know, he he held his own. He came back, did well. You know, like I said, missed three games. He had played, so he played nine games, had forty two total tackles, a couple tackles for loss, a sack, uh, pass breakup, quarterback hurry and a forced fumble. So, you know, I think a lot of, you know, the All-Mac honor probably was on his history more than what he did this year. But you could tell when he was in there, he did, he was, he was an unstoppable force and did a great job. And I think, you know, him being a captain uh, 
previously and this year uh, helped solidify that defense. He was he was a very strong voice in the locker room for that defense, and he uh, he really seemed to tie the team together very well. And this is a guy who's going to go to the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama, coming up here in uh, January. So you know, obviously, NFL scouts think a lot of him. Yeah, I believe I I I know there was quite a few scouts scouts at the Akron game as well as the previous home game. And I, I think a lot of them there were there to see Tyson, Jamal, and Sam Womack. Of course, Jamal's still a junior, but he, I know he, uh, he played in 18, 19, 20, and this year, so he would be able to come out if uh, right if he, he decides, decides that's the so way to decides. go. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then the final, the final rocket on the first-team All-Mac team is Sam Womack. He is a senior defensive back, and he also had a very, very solid year. Uh, you he, know, they say breaking up is hard to do, but not for Sam Womack. Not for Sam Womack. All he does is break up passes. <laughs> he had 15 of them on the year, which is, it's got to be one of the top top 15 in the nation. Yeah, two years ago, I know he led the nation in, in pass breakups. So uh, this is a guy that at the next level, we may be seeing playing on Sundays, if nothing else, in Canada. Yeah, he had uh, played in 12 games, had 31 uh, tackles. One tackle for a loss and one interception with a 10-yard return. I had a fumble uh, recovery and, like I said, 15 pass breakups is incredible. So, yeah, that's uh, quite a season for the senior out of Michigan. Uh, Second team, Deswan Johnson. Uh, What can you say about him? Another one of those great defensive linemen. You know, you had Jamal Hines on one side, Deswan Johnson on the other. And um, it was just there were a couple wrecking machines there oh, for, yeah. for Toledo and the, that defense. The Johnson guys up front, the D. Johnsons. That's right. Deontay <laughs> was a third-teamer. We'll get to him in a moment. But Jonathan Jones was a nice pickup. He's a transfer from Notre Dame, and he was one of the leading tacklers on the team this year. Um, yeah, I, I really like Jonathan Jones. He uh, started the season off really strong, had quite a few uh, – Encounters in the backfield yeah. with the opposing team. Yes, exactly. In fact, he was, um, you know, looking at the stats here, I do believe he ended up being the leading tackler. But it's not, yep, there it is. Yep, he's the leading tackler. It's weird because it, uh, it's on two different pages here. But anyway, he ended up with 91 total tackles, uh, nine tackles for loss, four sacks, three breakups, four quarterback hurries, and a partridge in a pear tree, also known as a fumble <laughs> return for zero yards and a couple of forced fumbles. So, yeah, he was a wrecking machine back there as a linebacker. Going back to Sam Womack just for a second, he ended up seventh in the nation in pass breakups with 15. So not bad at all. Yeah, great, great season. Yep. And then, of course, uh, second team, one last second team player, Devin Maddox, the young fella, the small fella (laughs) out of uh, Lakewood, St. Edwards, I do believe he is. Uh, Just a sophomore, small, but, man, is he quick. And uh, second team as a kick returner. Yeah, and it, he really proved himself well in in the special teams area. Uh, didn't get the ball a lot as far as being a receiver, but uh, finished up leading as one of the leaders in the MAC in kickoff returns. And then you get to the third team. You have the transfer from Edinburgh, Vitaly German, offensive lineman. So he's a, a grad student senior. And uh, did a nice job, one of the few bright spots on that offensive line. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who we mentioned, and that was another guy who who really, again, we're talking about the Johnson boys. 
76 tackles this year, seven and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, an interception return, 27 yards, a couple of quarterback hurries, and four pass breakups. So uh, Deontay Johnson, it'd be nice to have him back next year should he decide to come back. Another stalwart on the defensive or in in the in the defensive uh, middle, rather mm-hmm. as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally on our third team list, what a guy, Max and Hook, the freshman out of East Palestine, Indiana, just had a a great great season. Um, came and, on, came on like a storm early in the season. Yes, and not and not a Norton, a storm Norton. <laughs> right, not a storm. But yeah, he. Uh, like I said, you know that first first couple a game uh, first game against Norfolk State, he was involved in a punt block, along with a, a return for a touchdown. So I mean, he was just all over the field on special teams. Ended up second on the team in tackles with eighty eight, uh, two tackles for loss and a sack. And I think I, I it was the third game of the season where he ended up blocking a kick as well. Colorado State, yeah, Colorado yeah. State. He blocked a kick in that game, and. He didn't recover that one for the touchdown, though. <laughs> right. So he ended up being, um, uh, you know, he's, he's freshman eligibility. He did play in all six games last year, but last year was kind of an anomaly. Right, know? right. So, the but, COVID year. Yeah, and uh, I know he's come to the uh, Downtown Coach Association and uh, just seemed like a really nice kid, really humble and uh, good head on his shoulders and a pre-business major. So uh, he's got a bright future, even if he doesn't make the NFL. That's right. Or even if he doesn't wear shades. That's right. <laughs> the future is bright. It's so bright. He's got to wear shades. All right. So that covers our Mid-American Conference Players of the Year. Uh, first, second, and th- third team from University of Toledo. And now we are going to take a look at our first ever Midnight Blue and Gold Football Awards. You know, we too bad we don't have any music, like a drum roll. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there you go. Maybe <laughs> Kyle, or uh, in post-production, can uh, can slap something in there. <laughs> you know, I, I, again, that got me to thinking, too. Remember our uh, our theme songs when we were on WXUT? Oh, yeah. We had the, uh, remember that song Rocket off of the oh, Hysteria yeah. album by Def Leppard? Def Leppard. Rocket, yeah. yeah. Staying alive. Yeah. But yeah. we'd have to pay royalties now. So. Yeah, 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 we can't do that. In we're, fact, we're, we're we not sung on... that so well, we might get... Get dinged. Right, yeah, we're, we're not on cable anymore, so. <laughs> That's right, Cable FM back in the day. But, yeah, so let's uh, let's go and start off with our Offensive Player of the Year. And, Pat, you give me yours, I'll give you mine, and then we'll, uh, we'll make a decision right in the middle. Okay. Uh, I think most, most uh, people will go, would, would, that are fans of the University of Toledo, would probably look at our offense this year and go with Brian Kobach. Uh, Nothing against Bryant, but I'm not going in that direction. I am going to go with my offensive player of the year being uh, Daquan Finn. Uh, Daquan, Good call. Daquan turned himself turned turned the season around midway through. Uh, whether it was due to the offensive line uh, or his ability to see the field better, and also uh, not have you know Carter Bradley looking over his shoulder and having that. He ended up with 1,855 yards. Uh, I think he was his, his efficiency was, or his quarterback rating was 157.6. He averaged 154 yards a game, uh, 16 touchdowns. 
One interception, which is one interception. Incredible. That's a that's a heck of a ratio considering he did not start the and play the entire game every season for the whole season. I think he ended up starting what maybe eight games or six games. Uh, yeah, he played. Yeah, started with the Central Michigan game. So yeah, it would have been I think six or seven. You know, and uh, yeah, what a what a great. I mean, he played in all the games, but he ended up. You know, starting starting the end of the and year playing and primarily, you know, the the quarterback for for the entire game. So yeah, he had a few clunkers, but I think he he really showed growth and he showed maturity, uh, and and really grew into uh, somebody that can be a leader and take control of this team. Now, if I were, I would say he's the most valuable player. That's where I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that okay. because most valuable offensive player because once he came on, the offense seemed to. See, Move the ball up and down the field a lot better. They, they clicked a lot better. Yeah, and also, you know, with that offensive line that was having trouble with the drop-back passer that was Carter Bradley, this is a guy who had escapability and could get out of those situations when the offensive line did break down. So he's going to be my most valuable player. But my offensive player of the year, Ryan Brandt, Rocket Ryan Brandt's offensive player of the year for the Midnight Blue and Gold Launchpad podcast, Brian Kobach, he... You know, started off the season kind of rough, although he did have 120 against Notre Dame. But that game against uh, Colorado State, where he only averaged two yards a carry, was struggling there. But that could have had something to do with that offensive line. Right. But then once he started going, he started rambling. And like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Pat, this is a guy who finished 10th or 11th in almost every rushing category in the country this year. 6.7 yards a carry, 1,274 yards, 15 touchdowns, and uh, chip in. About 29 catches, 333 yards, average 11 yards a catch. Had a 75-yard catch and run, three touchdowns there. So, yeah, just a just a great offensive player all the way around. He even, you know, I saw him throw a couple nice blocks as well. So that's my offensive player of the year. And Bryant even ended up uh, moving into fourth all-time on the rushing list uh, behind only Chester Taylor, LaShawn Tate, and Kareem Hunt. It's pretty good company. So he's in, in he's in pretty good company. Uh, finished you know fourth in, in all those categories uh, on the UT all time history list, and still has a year of eligibility left. So he could really rewrite some records if he comes back. Yep, and uh, we hope he does. If not, we wish him well. Right. All right, let's go on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, going to go with our our defensive player of the year, and. I'm Ryan, gonna, you take this one first. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Sure, no problem. I'm going to go with uh, Jamal Hines. This is a guy who, and I use I use this phrase a lot, wrecking machine, but that's what he was on defense. Uh, 14 and a half tackles for loss, 10 sacks, and just a, a great player in his fourth season playing for the Rockets. And I remember when he was a freshman back in 2018, I thought, this kid's going to be special. Had that injury, you know, had some ups and downs, but this year he finally showed that form that he looked like he was just going to start dominating when he was a freshman back in 2018. And I'm going to go ahead and make a consensus. Uh, that's my defensive player of the year as well, Jamal Hines. There's there's no question about it. He was just a dominant force up front. And somebody that opposing quarterbacks did not want to see, you know, lining up against them. Okay. Next is uh, our special teams player of the year. And I, uh, I'm i going to let you – I'm going to defer to you on this one, Pat. I am going to go with – our first, I'm sorry, our uh, second team member, uh, all Mac member, Devin Maddox. Uh, he was a returner, our, our key returner for the season. He ended up, uh, again, being rewarded with second, second team 
uh, all Mac. Yes, he was uh, mostly on on punt returns. You know, he averaged eight eight and a half yards per return. Had right. a long gain of uh, of thirty two. And I mean, th- this award would have gone to Bryce Mitchell had he w- been able to finish out the season, but he had a horrific injury uh, in in I believe it was the game against Western Michigan. Uh, where he went up on a return, went up in midair, and came down right on his knee uh, when he was tackled. And that was not a good outcome for him. I mean, Bryce Mitchell ended up with 277 yards returning, a 27-yard average, and a long at 76. But not by default, but by his his own actions, Devin Maddox is my uh, special teams player of the year. All right. And now for our freshman of the year, that's that's a tough call because both Max and Hook and Devin Maddox, or yeah, uh, Max and Hook and Devin, the Dequan Finch. Jesus, Dequan Finch. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at all these different names. It's floating around my head, so I apologize for that. I wish we could right. edit Dequan, that out. But Dequan uh, Finn is technically a freshman, yeah. uh, redshirt freshman. Um, so what are you going to go with? Boy, that's a tough call. I, you know. Offensive, could we do this? Offensive freshman of the year, Daquan Finn. If you want to pull that out, go ahead. Defensive freshman of the year has got to be Max and Hook. I'll, I'll go ahead and agree with that. Uh, Max and Hook, like I said, right from the beginning in that Norfolk State game, he came out and impressed all of us, and he did not disappoint the rest of the season. I mean, he ended up team leader in, in tackles, and he's a freshman. Come on. Yeah, that's. I'm kind of glad we got that kid. Yeah, absolutely. And Dequan Finn, we've already talked about him quite a bit this this episode, so I, I think that's a good call on offense and defense for our our co freshman of the year. What do you think, uh, Kyle? Kyle W. Smith, can you give us a thumbs up? Uh, he gives it a thumbs up. Thumbs up approval. We got there it right go. there. We get it from Kyle W. Smith. You know it's top notch. Top notch. Top notch. Top drawer. So anyway, um, I think we got. Got everything covered that we needed to. We've got this. yeah, we've got the the bowl preview that's uh, coming up in our next podcast, right? And we've got you know we covered the, uh, the Mid American Awards on our part and from the Mid American Conference and our, well, I'm sorry, our Rocket Awards, and then, which is more valuable than the Mid American. It, it absolutely Conference. is. Yeah. I mean, come on, it's coming from us. Yeah, people people that love them. <laughs> that's right. Love the Rockets. So we want to thank everybody for joining us this evening for our wrap up on the football season. Uh, as Ryan said, we have an upcoming podcast and we'll be talking a little bit about the uh, bowl preview. And once again, I am Pat Jillick. I'm Ryan Brandt, AKA rocket Ryan and spinning the dials over there. The one, the only Kyle W. Smith. His name's not really Kyle W, but we keep saying that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Good night, everybody. Take care.